You are listening to The Quest for 100, a discussion on everything you never knew you wanted to know. And now your hosts, Justin and Brian. Ding, 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 ding. Hello, Questers. We are here for Quest for 100, and we are on episode 77. And you know what, Brian? We are on the bicycle today. I want to ride my bicycle. I want to <laughs> ride my bike. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love that song. Oh, I, that's such a good intro. I should have went with that one instead of the ding-dings. Well, I like your, like, yeah, yeah, your dings passing on the left. That's uh, yep. that's what came to mind for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I This is, I mean, one, that Queen song is amazing. But two, I, I this this is an interesting topic. And, and I think one that, that we're excited to talk about today, you know, it's. Are we it ever is, not excited to talk about a topic, though? Uh, well, you had me talk about socks once, so. <laughs> <laughs> but we got into some great debate. You we know, it, it's it's a it's a thing. Like the the that sock debate is a thing on social it, media. You are darn right. And I, what I have found, what we have found, I think, is that there are so many topics that start off as just like a pretty bland by a title standpoint. Like it's not pop bicycle isn't pop culture isn't like something crazy, but like those more like simplistic ideas tend to bring out some interesting debates and then also history and whatnot. So I I I am genuine when I say I'm excited to talk about this because I'm excited to learn about the history and there's some cool stats in there. And then obviously as always we'll we'll get into our friendship test and and delusional thinking at the end it's because i I think it's because it's so ingrained in us like our opinions on these very mundane topics are so ingrained in the way we've lived our lives that it's almost unfathomable that somebody else would do something some other way like whether it be how you get on the bike do you, yep. you know, I mean, something as simple as do you get on the bike with your your right foot or right leg over or do you always get over on your left leg over? Like oh some, something as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I'm always oh. right leg. Yeah, I think I am, too. I wonder if that's a predominant leg thing. I don't know. I don't but know. I, I didn't even think about that until you brought it up. We didn't even get to the friendship test yet. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – yeah, I think there's a lot of things like that. And um, and just, you know, people people who ride who are probably listening, hopefully listening to this episode. And if you don't, you might you might want to ride afterwards. But, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into some interesting things. I, I will say before we do – and, and we, we literally two minutes ago decided that we weren't going to have it since last time. But I wanted to say, so our last episode was on Star Wars. And uh, I have a group of friends who are avid Star Wars fans and a b- bunch of my buddies from back back home. And uh, I had the... I decided I shared the podcast with them and, and they each one of them listened at their leisure, had many, many debates with things. They they disagreed with you or I at certain points. I even had one guy live tweet or not, not live tweet, live post his reactions in a in a thread <laughs> um, to every one of our our Takes. things. And That's it great. Was, it was spectacular. I have to I'll just send it to you. You don't know him, but like it's just really, really funny his reactions along the way. So, I, I a, a small plug for our last episode. I think if you enjoy Star Wars, you'll either you know love it or you'll hate it to the point where you love it because you may disagree with us so much on our opinions. And so, I wanted to give a, a shout out to uh, a couple of my buddies that that did listen in and and even got a couple new listeners i think one of my buddies said he decided to to pick up podcasts all of a sudden now because he was listening to the star wars one and he 
was bouncing around. I think he turned on the pickle episode next and was enjoying that one. So we got lots of episodes, everybody. <laughs> 77, including today's. So don't don't forget to jump back. Yeah, fortunately, the length of our podcast was not longer than any of the actual movies. We were approaching yeah. it, but... It, it... We, were, we were really testing it, but yeah. um, we, we cut it short at the end. Yeah. All right, well, uh, let's uh, jump into the news. You're a newsman, and I ever tell you otherwise, you punch me in the face! So my news is actually a little bit of Seattle news. Uh, it has to do with the quarantine that we're in, or the stay home and, and stay healthy idea that we have here in, in the state of Washington. So the the city of Seattle is actually closing 20 miles of streets to vehicular traffic to allow for easy access to exercising uh, of you know people riding their bikes or walking or running uh, through the the streets of Seattle during this uh, safe and healthy streets time period we have here you know we're just living in in you know this world so I thought that was kind of interesting um, a little bit of news that that was coming out of here you know picked up around the the world uh, because it was you know it's something pretty revolutionary to actually think about closing streets off to yeah cars and and just opening it up for exercise yeah I, and that's actually great and a, and a very nice segue into my news because right now the so i i pulled something from forbes they did a really cool expose i guess uh is maybe the right word for it but just like a deep dive into how this boom of bikes uh or bike circle boom i guess is very reminiscent of the 70s early 70s and and they talked about you know obviously you you just mentioned a lot of cities are kind of being globally being reclaimed by bicyclists you know it's it's also bike month right now so i think people it, it's something that people are thinking about but but you know with all of that the, the sales of bikes are just through the roof and, and so many more people are buying. Uh, I pulled some data. I know we're not in the stats yet, but I was curious. So adult bike sales are have gone up 121% and kids' bikes are up 56% uh, in the last few months. And, and then, as you would guess, repairs are also up um, by 20% for bikes. But, but what they what Forbes kind of did a deep dive into, they, they talked about how, how bike sales in 1970 rose so fast that time claimed that it was the biggest wave of popularity in its, you know, 154 year history, which, you know, I don't want to get too into the history because I'm sure you'll cover some of this stuff, but they had like a ton of bills. I think they said 252 bills were introduced uh, in the early seventies and the weird thing was that in like, and they're trying to compare the current time to the previous time. They said that the, the early seventies kind of dropped off pretty abrupt, not abruptly, but pretty quickly in, in terms of the boom. And they said it was because the, the bikes, there were so many bikes that were sold at the height of that boom that they were really poor quality imports and it deflated the desire to ride and so they they're trying to compare it to now i don't think there's as much imports and poor quality today i think honestly in some cases the economy being as positive as it was has allowed people to have a little bit of discretionary income to get you know a lot of local whether it's local supporting local businesses or whatnot but um it'll be interesting you know to compare but if you're a bike enthusiast, as, as maybe you are by clicking on this episode, I will say that it, it was a really interesting read. You know, you'll probably, with Brian's history, get some 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 really solid foundation for what they uh, they kind of fill in the blanks on. So, Justin, to unbury the lead, are, are you a bike enthusiast? Yeah, uh, I would say I am not a bike enthusiast, but. 
you know, during quarantine, I probably mentioned it a couple times on the podcast. Uh, we're probably out. Uh, I, I own a bike. Uh, my wife owns a bike. I, I got each bikes for Christmas a couple years back and we probably would use them once a year. Um, so that wouldn't qualify me, qualify me as a bike enthusiast. But now during quarantine, we're probably going for a ride at least every other week um, and spending a couple hours just kind of exploring the neighborhoods. And just we I think what was last week we went on a trip just to look at houses and be like, we don't really have a destination. It's just to go look at random houses and ride our bikes and get to know the neighborhood better. So I I have be I would prefer like if I'm going to be active outside during this period, my my preference is is bike riding. I mean, I haven't gotten back to golf yet, but that probably would uh, circumvent it. But I I enjoy. I'd rather go for a bike ride than a run. Now, are are you a mountain bike or? Is it a cruiser bike or what kind of bike are we talking so about? So I, I own a mountain bike and my wife, Alyssa, owns a cruiser bike. Okay. okay. So when we bike together, sometimes uh, there are differences in ability to get to certain places uh, or through certain spots or whatever. So, and we can get into it in the debates, but, but yeah, I, uh, uh, we both have two different types of bikes. What about you, Brian? Wait, you both have two different types, or or you? Well, no, have... we each have one bike and Got it. two different types. Got it. So I have a mountain bike. It's actually funny enough. This is my parents' bike, so it, it's got to be from, I mean, the mid '90s. Not a very you know technologically advanced bike. No suspension, no nothing. It's a nice specialized bike. And I'll ride it every once in a while. I would say, you know, there was a time period maybe three or four years ago that I was riding once a week. And, you know, I then kind of stopped a little bit. And obviously, you know, one of our other topics, Peloton, kind of introduced me back to riding. And um, so I, I have ridden probably... Uh, I don't know, maybe 10 times this uh, year. So not very regular, mainly because just I haven't invested in a nice newer bike. Sure. And so it's it's kind of a rough ride. You know, it's not necessarily built for someone my height either. So it's not, you know, the most comfortable thing, but it's nice to get out and, and yeah. you know, ride. There's a pretty nice trail around um, you know, where I live, that's about a nine mile ride around. So, it, you know, I take about an hour to, to ride up, you know, it's got some pretty massive Hills. So it's, it's, you know, a pretty good workout for that hour that I ride. But, um, so that's, that's, and it is a mountain bike, I guess I should preface that. So, um, that's kind of where I come from, but you know, let's, uh, let's get into some dropping the knowledge. <laughs> As we normally do, I am the history guy and Justin is the stats guy. So we're going to start with some history. History in general with things that date back so far, uh, there's a lot of, you know, speculation and, and you know, these first couple centuries are, are debatable. But the 16th century, there was some findings of, of Leonardo da Vinci's sketches that sketched out the simple idea for a bicycle but uh, some historians believe that these were either drawings from da Vinci's student uh, Gian Giacomo Caprotti or (laughs) yeah perfect (laughs) perfect or they were uh, fake because you know no design or or you know nothing was actually produced from these designs. So, you know, they never really actually came to fruition. So who knows if they were really true. But in the early 19th century, Baron Karl von Drass of Germany, he invented the precursor to the modern bicycle. Uh, This velocipede, which is now my new favorite word, velocipede. Velocipede, okay. Yeah, was named 
Laf Machine. And it consisted of two wheels held together by a central bar, and the driver of the vehicle would walk or run and gather speed and then lift up their legs to glide along until the momentum faded. And (laughs) eventually this contraption was called the Dandy Horse. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So the design remained for almost 40 years until Pierre Michel and Pierre Laman saw the Dandy Horse and, and devised a plan to attach the pedals to the front wheel and adding a driving seat to the support beam. So in 1864, they made their first model, and four years later, they were able to gather the funds to mass-produce their bicycle that was later called the Bone Shaker. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So pause pause for a second here, because I have, I have a question that just popped in my head. And sometimes this comes up when, when you talk about the history of things it just gets my mind spinning but can you imagine being a person during that time who walks around or takes a horse and then sees a guy using two wheels riding around like i I, one it's like hard to comprehend but then two how would you is there a comparable thing in our lifetimes to seeing something like that. That's a great question. I I think the only thing I can think of is a segue. And segues are super like, not like a game changer. They just were like a weird mobile device that was, or transportation device, I guess, that was like, whoa, that's like from the future. And that's the only thing I can think of, but I don't, I don't know if there was something that like you saw on the street or you saw out and about and were like, Oh my gosh, what is that? That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe coming close to like the hoverboards when the hoverboard craze came around, uh, a similar vein. Um, man, that's a good question. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the, the fact that, initially the thing didn't even have a seat is kind of crazy yeah like the intention was not for you actually to sit on it long enough where you know if you were to sit on this this little bar frame that had a little bit of a cushion you know you were comfortable for the maybe 30 seconds that you were riding actually riding along or lifting your legs so so you you know were gliding that that's how little it was actually functioning so yeah um, it wasn't for comfort it was for use of getting from one place to another quickly yeah well if you're a listener and and you can think of something that you were like oh my goodness you know that's amazing you know let us know i mean i think the problem is that both you and i are living through a time period where so much technological advancement is happening that yeah, you know, it's almost a regular thing, so we almost don't even think about it. But yeah, uh, I mean, I guess you could kind of say too. I mean, I think the next phase is a self-driving car, right? Like nobody sitting in the front wheel and just kind of seeing a non-human-operated car transporting people. I think is the next thing for us. But really, there's like it's it, again, like you said, like we just we are incredibly spoiled with technological advancements that we it, we don't get the we don't get the ex, as much excitement that people of these days that would see a new invention come up and i know we over i'm oversimplifying that like it's not like they were happening every day but there's so much that was going with that in those early years that things were being invented and created so what about anyway, the microwave the microwave on the microwave that would be on a similar line because you'd have you'd have ovens right and you'd have fires and and those those things and now all of a sudden you have this microwave that can cook food almost instantly yeah that's true i i will say me personally i can't remember a time before microwaves well no no yeah Yeah. i'm sure that's a very similar game changer right yeah yeah so 
let's see, where did I leave off? Oh, the bone shaker. Yes, the bone shaker. Mm. So <laughs> the bone shaker. Bone shaker. In 1869, Frenchman Eugene uh, Meyer created a high-wheel bicycle where the front wheel was much larger than the back. And have you seen photos of these things, yes. these high-wheel yes. bikes? I knew exactly what you were talking about the moment you said it. No idea how people ride on them. Well, is, is there three – is it is it just two wheels or is there like yeah. three wheels in the back, like training wheels? No. A, a, yeah. a handful of them I mean there there were a lot of these tricycles but they were just these high wheeled bicycles with two it's, wheels do you know why they were made that way because I've, I've seen them before and I just never knew why yeah so they were more comfortable and could reach higher speeds but they were more difficult to ride up and down hills on so you know you kind of had those trade-offs of yeah of interesting that. so in 1885 john kemp starley uh created the first quote-unquote safety bicycle and this featured a chain that connected the pedals from the the rear wheel to the steerable front wheel so uh, before this the pedals that were added to the bone shaker were just on the front wheel, and so you only controlled the front wheel. You had no control over the back wheel. It was just there. Now, they were uh, John Kemp Starley was adding this chain that attached the wheels together so they could move in unison. And this is actually deemed one of the most important moments in bicycle history and spurred the golden age of bicycles. So the golden age of of bicycles lasted from the 1990s, or excuse me, not 1990s, 1900s to the 1950s. And really at that time, bicycles became standard across the world, and, and they really satisfied four basic aspects of safety, speed, comfort, and steering. And they all had the basic diamond shape, made from metal or with uh, rubber tires, a roller chain, one gear, uh, and coaster brakes. So, uh, and then the next kind of major advancement that we had was in the 1970s. Uh, and you, t you touched on, you know, some of the, the evolution that happened in the 1970s, but mm -hmm. BMX bikes emerged in California as, oh. as, kids were trying to imitate their favorite motocross heroes. So they were going, you know, off jumps and all that type of stuff. And so yeah. you saw the evolution to the BMX bike. It wasn't until 1981 that the first mass-produced mountain bike actually appeared, which I thought was kind of crazy that it's been so recent that mountain bikes really, you know, came on the scene. And then obviously, you know, we come to the 21st century and you have the hybrid bikes that use a battery pack to p propel the bike and the rider. Um, and that's kind of the, the most recent bit of history that we have with uh, the bicycle. Nice. I, I just went through like this, like real quick thing of like the, you talked about BMX and for me, I was like, BMXs were around in the seventies. I never I guess I always kind of associated BMX to like the nineties for some reason and maybe the eighties a little bit, but I was curious. I was like, there's, there's people that I've heard of. I feel like that are like big, big bike bikers, Matt, Matt Hoffman, Ryan yep. Nyquist, you yep. heard of Ryan yeah, Nyquist? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tinker Juarez. Uh, that was the extent of the people that I knew from some, some of these things, but I was like, these are names that I've never really heard heard much about but i remember watching what was it the x games yep. or do they still have the x games oh yeah i don't even know okay yeah i just remember that being a thing and being you no know, like a big deal but yeah i always associated bmx and like that style biking to maybe when i was maybe when i was a kid and i wanted to do similar stuff what's funny is actually um, over the weekend i just watched a documentary on motocross and oh it's introduction into the x games so interesting yeah but but you know, not that we have to go back in the day for this, but I did have a BMX bike when I was growing up. Oh, okay. Nice. I, I, I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world to have the pegs on your bike and, and be able to do yeah. like the, the turns of the, you know, 
handlebars yep. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's just... so my funny enough. While we're we're lightly in the back in the day, I my brother actually built a bike. And I don't know if he built it for me. I'm trying to remember back if it was for me or he just built it and it was too small for him or what. But, but he like all the pieces, the chains, the you know, like from scratch. Yeah, from scratch. And like he's he's very much a handyman, and like he was, I mean, he's 13 years older than me, and I was probably he was probably in his mid 20s when he did it. But uh, but yeah, so like he built this this bike and. Uh, it was like it had no, you know, you you look at BMX bikes, you look at all these other bikes. They're very colorful, they're very branded. It was like bare bones, like metal, and you know, but it worked. And it was it was the first bike that I ever had that I guess similar to a cruiser where you could stop with the pedals. There was no like brake. There was no brake system with it. It was all just like you could spin around, you could do a bunch of stuff with it, but like your braking would be turned the other way on the pedals. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I got, kind of got used to that style, but, um, I never was like big into tricks or any of that stuff. I used it mostly to ride over to my friend's place, but, but I, I remember, I remember that bike very fondly. Uh, I used it for many, many years, but anyway, bringing us back to, to today's day and age, uh, and getting into some stats. So it's kind of hard to predict or pinpoint how many bikes actually exist in the world, but it's estimated there's somewhere around 1 billion. And for comparison, there's around 1.5 billion cars in the world. And when you look at those numbers, you know, again, estimations, but uh, 45% of the bikes are estimated in China. Hmm. And the U.S. is at 10%. And so that 10% is actually the number two in the world. So there's a significant drop-off from China to all the other countries, U.S. included. I wanted to look into the U.S. cities and just how how much usage they're having um, in each of these cities and, and commuters and whatnot. I actually I pulled up the top five, and the number one city is Portland, at seven percent of their city are bike commuters. Hmm. Minneapolis is five percent. San Francisco is four point three percent. DC is four point one percent, and then Seattle rounds out the top five of biking biking cities, or just at least for commuters at four percent. Have you ever um, have you ever commuted via bike? You know, I have thought about it many, many times. Uh, we we have you know we we like to celebrate Bike Month at our organization, and so during that month, you you can get credit for commuting to work and saving kind of the environment in that way. I have not done it, and mainly because I'm there's so many hills. <laughs> It would just take me forever, I feel like, to do it. But, um, but I have thought about it. Have you? I have not either. No. Okay. I, I I have also thought about it, but again, it goes back to the older bike. If I were to actually do it, I would probably need to get a newer bike. I I just don't think yeah. it'd be about. I think it'd be about an eight mile ride, probably more than that. It's eight mile drive, so I. I I'm not necessarily somebody who's comfortable riding on the road well, the entire time too. And and knowing where where you live, there your one way would be relatively easy yeah. or easier. Yeah. The other way would be terrible. Death. You have the the biggest hill ever, yeah. longest hill ever. Yeah. Just getting, you know, up to that area where you live and I just I cannot imagine going up that on a bike. Yeah. It, it would died. be brutal. Thankfully, it would be coming home, right? It it wouldn't be going to work. Yes. It'd be coming home. So if I'm exhausted by the time I get home, that's okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's I, not honestly, as easy. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even try. I would just 
just get off my bike and start walking but at that point. The thing is, I feel like it's worse walking up hills with a bike in hand than or or like pushing a bike than it is just to straight ride it up it. No, sometimes. Sometimes. But if you get up steep hill, steep part of a hill, I mean, you're putting all your momentum into every pedal and it's just it's exhausting real quick. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. So anyway, a couple other stats. So China, China, India, Europe, Taiwan, and Japan are responsible for 87% of global production of bikes. The China piece doesn't surprise me at all. And, and, you know, pairing with some of those other ones. And it is interesting that the U S isn't in that top group. We uh, don't prioritize bike uh, riding even though we have a lot of usage of it. From a health perspective, the European Cycling Federation found that cyclists, and this is world health, this is environmental health up front, but the, so the European Cycling Foundation found that cyclists emit 21 grams of CO2 per kilometer while cars emit 271. Uh, I think if you were to ride wait, the wait, bus- Wait, 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 wait. 21 versus 200 and what? Seven two hundred and seventy-one. That's okay. I'm gonna be honest. I thought that difference would was gonna be a lot bigger. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, one tenth of the amount. Well, it's CO two. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would kind of agree with you. I, I don't know. I don't know what I would expect, but I would expect it to be significantly higher. And it is. I mean, it's 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 probably more like one fifteenth of it, but, uh, but yeah, I would expect it to be a little bit higher. Um, I think, I think I saw that if you were to ride a bike, your emission would be like a hundred and some grams of CO2. Um, so, you know, better than riding a car, but, um, but not quite as, as good as riding a bike, but, but there's also, there's also a lot of, health benefits obviously for people who ride not just the environment and uh there's a lot more benefits than the perceived risks so by cycling instead of driving a car it's estimated that you can prolong your life by three to 14 months so that's really cool i'd love to live longer um where it's not very long though (laughs) well I mean, and, and if you're doing it every day, that's a lot yeah, of activity yeah. to to get maybe a year. But if it becomes part of your lifestyle, I don't know. And I, I don't know if it. I mean, they just said cycling in general. You know, instead of driving. I mean, but I guess that would be every day if you're not driving your car. Yeah, if it ends up being three months, then yeah, that's. The, that's like what the heck I like to do my whole life riding bikes yeah and uh, I got extra three months but um, but interesting nonetheless there is some benefits there but the this talked about whereas the increased inhaling of air pollution and increased risk of accident mm. only diminish your life by a maximum of 49 days so there it, it does like if you're looking at maximum, maybe there's a maximum of 49 and a minimum of 33 months and it's really not worth it. But it definitely, either way you look at it, it's more positive than negative. But then to your point, the ancillary risks, if you would, of lost time and some other things that, you know, uh, is it really worth it is a good, great question. Um, but but it is very clear, though, that that health is a benefit of, of cyclists and on average cyclists take 15% less sick days than those who are not. And uh, I thought this was interesting. Adolescents who bike are 48% less likely to be overweight as an adult. And I, I just, that, that number is, is quite high in my opinion that at an adolescent, if you were someone who biked that, that would, that, that lifestyle, whether you're biking later or not, that lifestyle of being active kind of carries over as an adult, I thought was interesting. Yeah, and then, I, I think, oh, you know, being someone who knows a couple p- 
people who have kids who actually just learned to ride their bikes during this quarantine period. I wonder if it's something just where, you know, if you know how to ride a bike as a kid, you it's something that kids love to do because it's like a little bit of freedom for them. And yeah. so th- they will continue to do it. It's yeah. not something where a kid, you know, a five-year-old knows how to ride a bike, but isn't going to ride their bike or want to ride their bike fairly regularly. So at least that makes them, you know, want to be active. So maybe yeah. it's, it's just a, I know how to do this and thus I love to do it. And, and then there's the, you know, health benefits on top of it. Yeah. Weird, weird side note, but I will say that getting back into biking a little bit more regularly, I would say at least once, once or more uh, times during a bike ride, I get like a feeling of nostalgia and I kind of feel like I'm a kid again. And even just like when you're rolling down a hill and you're just fly, you're just flying through and it's like the wind is in your face and whatever. Like I just get these feelings of, you know, it's not necessarily a memory, but just like being young and, and, active and riding bikes was always something very related to being an, a kid or an adolescent. And, um, and so I thought that was just kind of a cool, cool moment or cool activity that kind of ties back to the past. But, See, I, and I'm almost in the opposite because like my memories are always like, Oh yeah. Remember when I could ride down a hill and, you know, ride with no <laughs> hands and, now I am like scared to death to try to oh, really? even do that. Alyssa was making fun of me the other day because I was going down a hill and I got to a point where I could balance and do it with no hands. And, and I also like, I was wearing, I guess I was wearing like a baggy hoodie and like maybe shorts. And she's like, you look like a, a hoodlum, like a teenager. That's just like being a, goofball and not like actually following the rules because she's very much like hands tightly around the the handlebars and all that other stuff and uh so i i am i am very much i guess on the opposite of you where i will i will pull in some of my memories of being a little bit more risky with my bike riding now i am not the same i still am am fearful but i want to test to see if i can do it so i've almost every single bike ride I'm on, I will do a no hands just to see I can still do it. Yeah. So that, that is one thing that I feel like is not like riding a bike. You know, I've, they always say, you know, it's like riding a bike and, and how it's easy once you learn it and you can just keep doing it. No hand, you know, riding of a bike is not easy. Like I remember I used to be able to like turn and, and, you know, do it, not just riding down a hill but like actually pedal and ride with no hands and and man there's no way i'm even trying that now i will say i will not i haven't gotten to that level yet again i used to but but no i am not riding with pedal like pedals that would scare the crap out of me but i will coast i have done coasting down hills lighter hills with no hands um just just because I wanted to test myself. Yeah. But real quick, I had two, two other quick stats that I thought were just interesting. Uh, so according to, to cyclist.co, uh, 400,000 bikes are stolen every year in the UK and only 188,000 in the US. The number one city for bike theft is actually Philly. Oh. Um, so, you know, oh well. <laughs> and, and then the other thing was that Denmark is the most bike-friendly place in the world with nine out of 10 owning a bike. And I believe I read that it's the only, maybe not the only city, but as of like two years ago, they became more bikes than cars in the um, country, in the country. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I thought that was cool, but, but yeah, let's, let's jump into some uh, friendly friendship test debates. We just become best friends. Yep. Justin, I, you know, you were talking about cycling. Do you did you ever watch the Tour de France? You know, I 
tried to get a little bit into it uh what was it a year or two ago just because it i thought it would be fun to see and and get into uh and i i just couldn't do it i um i i don't find much joy out of right watching people ride and even during the 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 peak what lance armstrong um moments i i i would watch highlights but not really much other than that what about you yeah i actually would watch it every once in a while it kind of became part of my summer you know regular schedule because during the day in the summer that really you know was the only sport on you know until until we got to the evenings and had basketball and things like that so um you know i'd pay attention to it i I thought it was interesting and you know knowing the strategy behind you know teams and and all these teams have really one person that they're trying to get to win the tour de france and all of that is, is kind of fascinating to me and um, you know, yeah. I, I just thought it was interesting. So yeah, yeah. I, I did watch it, but, uh, you know, that really wasn't our, our friendship test. I just wanted to know. Um, yeah. so first question we have is what's your bike preference, a mountain bike, a road bike, a cruiser bike, or even possibly a recumbent bike. So what what it can you explain what a recumbent bike is okay so a recumbent bike is one of those those that you actually are sitting back and so um you're kind of almost laying down like as if you were in a a lounge chair and the the wheels of the recumbent bike are you know ones at your feet and then ones more towards like your shoulders yeah, and so it's it's supposed to be a lot better on your back, m- much more comfortable. And and they're pretty low to the ground, right? They are, yeah. They're, yeah. they're actually very hard to see. So most of them have a like a flag that sticks up to make sure that you know cars yeah. can actually see them. I mean, that would be cool to have a recumbent bike. And as someone who has back problems, I I'm interested. Though I'm sure they're probably pretty expensive. I also have maybe i've seen them i can picture them so i know i've seen them i don't know if i've seen them on tv or in person but they're not very common so i'm I'm curious what the experience would be like being in public with something like that but um but yeah to answer your question though i i think for me i would have to go with the mountain bike and that's currently what i have and you know some of these other ones and we even talked bmx and some of these other you know, types of bikes that I think they're all, they're all serve a purpose. And at the end of the day, when I bought a bike, I was just like wanting a bike and that's all I cared about. I didn't care what type really. I just wanted a bike. And I knew that a mountain bike had a little bit more flexibility to go off roading. Now I don't do a ton of off roading right now, but what I will say is that with the hit, I don't know if this is, it's not really what they're made for, but when I'm going up a hill and I'm riding with my wife, Alyssa, she has a cruiser. She cannot do the hills in the cruiser as well. She can't build up as much momentum. And when she gets stuck on the hill, she's just kind of stuck. Yeah. Whereas when I get stuck on a hill, the th- one of the things I love about the mountain bike is the air pressure and the tires are just, you, you want to pump them up a little bit lighter and so that there's a little bit of a bounce and so you can kind of bounce up the hill by like putting momentum up and i feel like i could get up any hill granted i'll get exhausted at some point but but most hills you can kind of ride up and uh and i really i really like that with the mountain bike i I have never had like a formal road bike um and i've rode cruisers before but uh, they're just not as versatile so I'd, I'd probably lean towards mountain, but what about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but the, or your wife's bike, but most cruisers are just a single gear. So yep. that really yeah. makes it Although I, struggle. I will say I being someone who had a very primitive bike growing up and then, you know, having a, a, um, a bike. Oh my gosh. I just, sorry. I just had a flashback. I remembered that, 
I built a bike before. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now this How'd one was a, save that for that's like I, I, burying the lead. Well, it it was it was a bike that I built myself, and it was a it was like a kit though. So what I I wasn't as I was more impressed with my brother's built bike than my own um, that I built. But I did I remember building that out and and having that, and that was that might have been the first bike that I had like gears on. And I brought that, it was like high school, late high school when I built it. And then I brought it to college and then we never rode bikes. So I, it just rusted and then just became garbage. But the, um, but anyway, what I was getting to is the gear aspect of this. I, I, to be completely honest, I'm like very primitive and very dumb with, like, I don't really know what gear I should be in when I'm riding bikes in certain like hills or no hills or whatever. So I just keep it on the same gear the whole time. Really? Yeah. Oh, Justin. I know. I know. I know. This is like, this is biking 101 probably. Yeah. But I never really. Well, it's technically 201 because like 101 is like training wheels and actually riding. Sure. So like sure. 201 would be, you know, the gears. Yeah. So, so just real quick uh, teaching session. If I'm going up a hill, should I be the highest gear? Well, or should I be the lowest gear? So, it so it's it's vice versa. Well, and I don't know the terminology. You're putting me on the spot here. I know. But but when you're going up a hill, you want to be so, so like you have the big gears in the front and you have the smaller gears in the back or whatever, vice versa. You basically want to be the smallest gear and the. I believe it's the smallest gear. I'd have to I have to think about this now. It's the smallest it's gear not, in the front and the smallest gear in the back I believe would is easiest for going up the hill and big you want biggest uh front and back for going down the hills because you can you can build up the most momentum and there's the less least amount of resistance. Okay. Um, I'm gonna have to double check that. Yeah, no, this. I, it's funny because my my guess is, and this is why it's it's a little bit tough to describe. Is this this is something that just naturally you do when you're riding? Yeah, and it's tough to explain. And because I don't for, look at which one which one it is, right? But you are shifting though, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm just not. I'm just staying on the same <laughs> same gear the entire time. Maybe that's just something I need to start to play around with and just see what makes the most sense. Because part like I know like in certain scenarios when I shift the gear, I'm going to be spinning a lot qu quicker. But yes. I was always like, well what does that even mean? Like I'm just putting more work into it. If you're spinning spin. faster, you want that's what you want to do when you go up the hill. Oh when you're spinning slower and it's harder to spin, that's what you want to do down the hill because that, or, or on a flat area, because you're going to go farther and, and more of your energy is going to be translated I, to the bike. So, that totally changes how I ride. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm just like picturing this in my head. And literally I was just explaining the mountain bike perk of just being able to bounce up a hill. Like that's because I am, I think in a gear that it's just like, slower to get up a hill yeah and i i i feel like that's the best way to do it but now i'm gonna test it the other way around no. yeah you want to you actually want to be as pedaling as fast as you possibly can when going up the hill so huh. if if you're going up the hill and you're almost not even able to physically move the the pedals that means you're on too high of a gear you should almost be able to like churn them at the same speed you would be going down the hill. Obviously, you're putting you know a lot more energy into it, and you're not going as far, but you're going up the hill. So interesting. All right. Well, I'm going to test. I'll report back on wow. that. I, I, um, yeah, that kind of blew my mind that you <laughs> you have a mountain bike again. Like I I had a weird. I started with a weird bike and had kind of nope proper gear training 
Um, proper gear training. I don't know. Like it's yeah. So anyway, so you're, you, did you say you're a mountain bike too? Is that, is that what I gathered? Yeah. Yeah. I would be a mountain bike guy. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So another, uh, another one. So do you wear, when you go riding, do you wear a helmet and then do you wear headphones? Yeah. So I always wear a helmet, uh, safety first okay. and, I have sometimes worn headphones, but not very often, to be honest. Um, I I saw that that was a very big debate in the cycling community. I I wouldn't say that I'm a cycling aficionado, so I I don't know that I can partake in the reasons behind that debate, but I I definitely wear a helmet. I do have a helmet that's more, it's not like one of those racing helmets, but it's definitely gotten the, the, you know, more of the design to a aerodynamic helmet than you know they were back in the day when it was like when it was just like a little bowl on top of your head yeah oh my gosh i remember those what about you Uh, yeah so uh i am a no helmet person safety second yeah no i it's it's you know it's actually a law in washington is it really yeah oh interesting honestly I, i never was a big I know the safety piece to it. I I advocate for that, but me personally, I just I don't know. I'm not doing anything. I, we're not when we typically go on bike rides. We're not on main streets, so we're you know kind of bouncing around off side streets. So I I kind of view it as not as important. Now, if I am going and and gonna have some more major riding, then I'll consider it. But I don't know. I it's for whatever reason I don't. Yeah, um, two two thousand three. Interesting. They enacted yeah. a law, well, and that's actually I one of the reasons why. Criminal. That's one of the reasons why I I believe bike shares have kind of. I mean, obviously Seattle is not an easy place to to ride some of those bike share bikes that are obviously heavier and and more durable and the single gear and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. when they first came to town here, uh, they were making the the companies had to distribute the helmets to people when they were riding so they had like these kind of single use uh, um i guess not necessarily single use but like your helmet you'd pick a helmet out and then when you got to your destination you would drop it back off and they would clean it and you know reuse it so how does that even work because they still have ride sharing right but they don't require helmets yeah they're supposed to there's a lot of states that are similar to that 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 are supposed oh. to require helmets and so interesting well yep. yeah i i am not i don't typically do helmets though i do own one and i do sometimes wear it and then headphones i typically am not that is one thing that be, speaking of that i when i'm bike riding it's 98 percent nice weather and when it's nice weather i want to be taking in the the sites i want to take in the environment i'm not doing it to work out i'm doing it to just be outside and be active but um so headphones kind of takes away a little bit from that so i i would rather just take in the birds and the sounds so Um, i I mentioned the bike sharing if you had the choice since you're you know just taking in the sites uh, if you had the choice between you know one of those I guess scooter shares or a bike share, both of them are sitting right next to each other. Which one are you going to pick? Are you going to pick the scooter or the bike? Um, probably the scooter because the scooter is electronic, right? Yeah, I mean there there's electric bike. I, I yeah, would assume they're the, the same. So like you know, if, okay, if, so yeah. electric for both. I, ooh, I think the scooter. Yeah, I think I'd take the scooter just because. I can ride a bike. I can, you know, coast around. But, like, scooter, that brings me back to, like, middle school days and, you know, coasting around on my you razor You had a razor, scooter. didn't you? Yeah. You, I got right. I had a razor. You would have been a razor guy. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> of course I was a razor guy because razor was the best. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think I would go with a scooter. What about you? Yeah, I would pick the scooter, too. Easy. No question. Okay. I, I mean – yeah, I talked about it last time, or not last time, in other podcasts, I think, about 
riding around Washington DC in on the scooter. I used yeah. the scooters a lot in uh, New Zealand, which actually in New Zealand, when I went up, there's this like mountain thing that um, in one of the cities, that's a gondola that you can ride up. People were riding down their mountain bikes, which was just nuts. Like they were going so fast through, you know, down this terrain that it's unbelievable that, huh. that people would be doing that. But anyways, Interesting. yeah. Well, taking it, take a step back to to the the biking side uh, again the when you are riding on a bike do you do you typically acknowledge and wave at other bicyclists i do yeah yeah i i mean i feel like it's a community right i i feel the same way and that like when i when i when we thought to add this question it just i smirked because it's so weird that when something like this happens you kind of like are you're kind of allowed into the community and everybody's in this together kind of thing. Like, Hey, I like you for riding a bike also. Like it's, I don't know. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I wouldn't acknowledge him if I was like running or walking, but if they're now I'm cycling and with them. Yeah, I would. And that, and I don't do that either unless I'm crossing pet. Like if I'm running, unless I'm like maybe like directly crossing someone, but like, for the most part, I don't do it when I'm running and see other runners or when I'm walking oh, and see I'll other runners. I'll do walkers. it. I'll do it when I see other runners. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I tend to do it more so with with the um with the riding. But I also will add to that, I noticed this today because I went on a walk with, with Alyssa and when I was walking, I was noticing that I I and also my neighbors are much more friendly these days. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, you just sure. say hi to everybody. Hey, how's it going? You know, whatever. And, um, and that just, I love that. I, 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 well, why I weren't you, continue. why weren't you friendly before? There wasn't as much moments to be that. That's true. Right. That's true. like, I, we weren't going on as many walks. There wasn't, you know, as much people weren't out and about trying to get out of their house as much. So I just, people are just generally friendlier and, and more social now with the neighbors. And I, 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 I feel like it's it brings people back to the old days when that you know your neighborhoods were like super close. Yeah. Well, Justin, we've talked somehow for you know over an hour on the bike, so I think we should jump into some delusional thinking. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. All right, Justin. So. It's another would you rather and comes from Reddit. Yep. Would you rather sleep wearing handcuffs or having to wear a bike helmet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, as most of our questions are are interesting and and my, my gut, my gut takes me one way after I, I think about this a little bit, but but let me talk you through my my thoughts. So, handcuffs yeah. are very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I I don't. I think I've probably put on like a set of I'm and I'm I'm looking at like metal police handcuffs. Yeah. Is how I view this. Yeah. And I and I would assume that, I mean, I would assume they're in front of you because I don't know that anyone could sleep if they're behind you yeah yeah i i think in front of you is probably probably the best option and i would Um, i would also assume that they're you know not super tight but they're they're tight enough where you can't get them off and you know they're obviously there so yeah yeah no i i agree so like that's one of the things that goes into my consideration with this is uh they are a tight metal handcuff that is really uncomfortable and you can't move your arms around freely Mm -hmm. and a little bit of this is you know as i transition to the bike helmet like it's how do you sleep so how you move around how you you know can actually fall asleep and how much these things hinder the handcuffs are really uncomfortable on your wrists and you limit your arm movement. Um, at least they have to move together, which could be a challenge. 
the bike helmet is potentially a massive change to your head position and the comfortable comfort level of your head. And one, I'm already not a big helmet guy. So that, that kind of goes into this, but I, I don't know about you and maybe I don't know about most people, but I am a side sleeper. So I need to be on one side or the other. If I was somebody that could sleep on my back, I think maybe the helmet would be less of an issue, but being on the side, I would need like a custom pillow that can accommodate the helmet. And like, it just would be really frustrating. Whereas I think if my hands were together, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I, I, I picture myself tucking them under a pillow together and falling asleep on my slide and not being terrible. Wow. But I think it would also be more painful with the handcuffs. I don't know. My, my gut tells me go with handcuffs, but let me know what you're, what you're thinking right now. Well, yeah. So I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't think the handcuffs would be very comfortable. Um, I'm not someone who like I move my hands around a lot when I sleep and and to get comfortable I have to move my hands around my head I don't have to move I don't move my head around to get comfortable necessarily I I traditionally Mm -hmm. sleep on my back and sometimes I'll sleep on my side which you know is a whole nother story of I know you're not supposed to do both but anyways the the thing about the helmet that I think I could get away with is one it's padded, so it's not like it's me- it's plastic against my head. I think the most uncomfortable part would probably be the strap and just having the strap there the entire time. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. But that being said, from the helmet perspective, I feel like all I would need to do is I wouldn't even necessarily need a, a custom pillow. If I had enough pillows to just kind of wedge my the helmet into the pillows or like cracks in the pillows um you know maybe you have two pillows next to each other and the helmet actually kind of gives you some support in that crack um but then your head is kind of a little bit more on the 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 pillow so i think i'm gonna have to go with the the helmet to sleep interesting i i i will say that the if you're taught, I think it's if I pulled it down to a core risk or core uh, value to each side, the helmet is freer, right? Like you have the freedom to move how you wish, um, but the comfort is not there. Well, like I don't um, think, but- I think that there is more comfort with having the handcuffs. And you'd quickly forget that they're there if you find a comfortable position. Eh. Whereas a helmet, I mean... Think about the use, though. Let's think about the use, right? Helmets are are designed for safety and and to be worn for long periods of time and safety be comfortable. Safety first, though. Not for... They are okay. first okay. safety and second comfort. comfort. They have okay. To make them let's, let's talk about the handcuffs. The handcuffs... Yeah are strictly for a restraining device and there is no comfort level to them at all like they're not designed to be comfortable they're designed to be a restraining device there's no comfort there Uh, yes but no like there's no comfort in in You're, the, my I'm gonna wrist. get I'm gonna get you some some handcuffs and and I want you to put them on. Well then, okay, and then you get your bike helmet and you go to try to sleep with that because I, I'm not even okay. asking you to to put the handcuffs on and go to sleep. I'm just wanting you to put them on. Period. <laughs> well, I, they can't be crazy uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, I, I I think it's relative to like. If you said, would you rather a day in handcuffs or a bike helmet? I would take the bike helmet at a heartbeat. But sleeping, 
is a different story. And I just think I would not be able to get comfortable with a helmet on my head, but I could figure out a way to keep my arms together. Yeah, you're wrong. And no, you are wrong. You I'll, are I'll even wrong. give you. I'll even give you uh, like the zip ties. Zip ties? Yeah, because because essentially that's what people use for the the new age handcuff is. All right, zip ties. I need to find this. This is a, actually a practical thing we could test, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and and it. It's we would only be doing it to just prove each other wrong. We have we have twenty three ep- three weeks left before the yes. end of this quest for one hundred. We should do this one night. The 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 funny the crazy thing is I believe so strongly in my opinion <laughs> that I I am actually like really interested to try like you know the uh, zip ties or whatever and. Just I'll let like you have plastic try- handcuffs. If you can find some kids' plastic handcuffs, maybe I'll order some online. The, and and just just from from a restrictive standpoint, and try that and see if I can still sleep. Okay. But I but again, by I am so strong of a believer of that that I I really don't want to test a bike helmet. Like I <laughs> I that that gives me anxiety trying to sleep with a bike helmet. No, so no. I. I'll I'll send you a I mean, photo. I'll send you a photo. I'll I'll try right. it. I'll try it before well, the the twenty three weeks left of the quest okay. for one hundred. Noted. I am logging this. It's gonna happen. Uh, maybe this is gonna hate me. Maybe you can but, share it on your Instagram. On the Instagram. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that's a perfect spot for it to just share share our experiences of. <laughs> How how we've gotten to this with with the bike topic is is a, a place that I will, yeah I don't even know but, but hey it's, we're delusional, it's delusional. Yeah. yes it's delusional so but you know what anyway um, you we've survived you've survived uh, listeners you've made it to the end um, <laughs> I it was a ride it was a long ride but but again I I. I think this was fun. There's a normal topic that had a lot of fun debates and, and interesting stuff to it. So, yeah. um, so anyway, if if you are if you're new to this, hopefully you enjoyed and, and check out some of our other podcasts. Uh, we have a ton of we have 76 other topics that you can jump into. Um, but if you are not new or if you just in general like this, make sure you send some love to us on Apple, Google, or Spotify or wherever you're getting your podcasts um, with just subscribing and sending some love there and, uh, and throw us a follow or like on, on Twitter at quest for 100 at the quest for 100 at on Facebook at quest for 100 podcasts and on Instagram at quest for 100 podcasts. All right. Until next time on the quest for 100. Quest for 100.